0: Students at Florida College start their morning with chapel every weekday. Join us now for daily chapel from Florida College. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has strife? Who has complaining? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Those who tarry long over wine, those who go to try mixed wine, do not look at wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup and goes down smoothly. In the end, it bites like a serpent and stings like an adder. Your eyes will see strange things, and your heart will utter perverse things. You will be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea, like one who lies on the top of a mast. They struck me, you will say, but I was not hurt. They beat me, but I did not feel it. When shall I awake? I must have another drink. Oh, You figured out by now that my shtick for this week is bad people and good lessons you can learn from them. We considered one bad person on Tuesday, Jezebel, the most devoted disciple perhaps in the Old Testament, at least one of them. The uh, Pharisee and the tax collector yesterday, two bad men who together we can find a fantastic lesson. Today we'll talk about a whole class of people, drunks. You say, what good lesson can we learn here, right? And so I thought about approaching this from a couple of different directions. One of the things that I thought about talking about was back when I was a student at USF or maybe a little while after that when Brooke was in grad school there for the first time. uh, And uh, we would take advantage from time to time of the access, the free access to football games that you had as a student there uh, to sit in the student section. And uh, the the games were at Raymond James Stadium, where the Bucks played. They didn't have an on-campus, still don't have an on-campus stadium. And the difference between professional football stadiums that colleges use and on-campus stadiums is whether or not, at least one of the differences, is whether or not alcohol is served there at the stadium. And so I thought about talking about how beer would flow freely at USF football games. And a group of university students with few morals and less common sense meant that by halftime you were in a pretty miserable environment where drunkenness would rule the section and (laughs) any sense of general decorum was gone along with whatever inhibitions they had to begin with. And so whatever fleeting thought they would have would turn into either something that they said or something that they did. And in addition to it being generally embarrassing for them in its foolishness, it was at times pretty grossly immoral. So I thought about talking about that and how vulgarities would fly at the officials and at the other team and at the other fans and at their own team when they underperformed. And I won't even get into what they would say to and about the cheerleaders. But eventually the game would come to a close. And what would happen is the team would come over to the student section and stand there on the field next to the student section and everyone would gather there And the band would play the alma mater. And the most amazing thing would happen. Those same students who just moments ago had no decorum, no politeness, no civility, no restraint, no sobriety, nothing good at all going on, would stand in silent, humble honor of their school. This school, thats a massive, faceless institution that they hardly have any personal contact with. They barely know most of their instructors. Percentage-wise, they know even fewer students than that. There's no real connection to the institution or to the mission of the school. There's certainly no uh, binding uh, relationship of the founding principles of the school and the foundational belief system of the students. The alma mater itself... Tune's not terribly catchy. Words aren't anything special. And yet, these people, <laughs> these people, of all people, completely got it. It wasn't about the lyrics. It wasn't about the tune. It wasn't about whether the institution is flawless. It was their school. And they loved it and they respected it. And I thought to myself, wow. If a bunch of vulgar, drunk hedonists who respect nothing, if they can understand this, wow, if these guys get it, then, well, then I thought, you know, probably most of the students here don't need to hear that message, so I probably shouldn't tell that story. I should go a different direction with my thoughts today. So I decided that I wouldn't tell that story. And instead, I'm going to focus on something else. What I want to spend my time talking about today is a different side of alcoholism and drunkenness and a valuable lesson to learn from that. And it comes from a group of people that you've probably heard about, and that is Alcoholics Anonymous, AA. AA is a worldwide organization that attracts millions of to its various local meetings around the world. And people go into these meetings and openly admit the worst of their sins. And they are welcomed with open arms by people who have the same problem and who are willing to devote their entire lives to helping that person. The church is also a worldwide organization that attracts millions of people to its various local meetings on a weekly basis around the world. And there, people will go in and they'll pretend like they've got their act together and they don't struggle with sin and they're patted on the back by other people who have the exact same problems and also don't want to talk about it. And there's something terribly wrong with this picture. Why can't we admit our needs to the very people that God put into our lives for our support? Why do we have to look to a human institution, and not just any human institution, but a human institution of drunks, to find out what openness and mutual dependence is supposed to look like and how it's supposed to work? Why is it that most Christians would never do the very sort of thing that alcoholics do weekly, openly admit their failings to people who they find are more than willing to help them out? I think part of the problem is that we have a false notion of what church is supposed to be. We think that the church is a holy place for holy people, and we don't want to offend anybody by talking about our problems. My friends, let me suggest to you that that is as wrong as it can possibly be. The church is a place for sinners. The church is a place for sinners who know that they're sinners who are looking for help to overcome their sin. AA was founded when one of its founders realized, I don't need more alcohol. I need another alcoholic. And so he decided to reach out to a friend who became the co-founder of the institution. And that's the realization that we must come to as well. We don't need another sin. We need another sinner. I'm not telling you that you have to walk around confessing your deepest, darkest secrets to everyone that you come into contact with, but you need a confidant. You need a support network. You need another sinner who is willing to do whatever it takes to help you stay on the path. That's why God gave us each other. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him In a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Let's pray. Our good Father, we are so thankful to you that in your wisdom you have given us each other. And we ask that you would help us to have the humility and honesty to share the burden of our sin and temptation with others, and that as others share with us, we would have the courage and the wisdom to help, that in all things, your people would be those who together bear the greatest burden that we all have, the burden of our sin, our temptation, and in that, that we would grow closer to one another and to grow closer to you as we live through this life. In your Son, we pray, amen. Be thou my vision. Thank you for joining us for Daily Chapel from Florida College. Have a blessed day.